Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to a book launch edition of Unscrewed. It is today, if you are listening to this, on the day it is available, the first day that my new book, Believe Me, How Trusting Women Can Change the World, is available to you, the public. Uh, and I'm so excited for you to read it and talk to me about it and all of that. But of course, I didn't make it alone. I'd love to take credit for it. But <laughs> I had a really brilliant co-editor in Jessica Valenti, my my book, Baby Mama from Yes Means Yes, got back, knocked us up again with another book. <laughs> Is that really gross, Jessica? Uh, it's just the right amount of gross. Excellent. Keep it. it. Keep it. Um, yeah. Jessica, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited. Are you? I'm so excited to think about people finally reading this book. Me too. It's been like a long time coming. And now that it's finally here and like in the moment that we're in, it feels... Perfect is the wrong word because <laughs> there's lots of really terrible things happening. But, but I'm like very excited and proud, I think is the, yeah. is the right sentiment to, to share this with folks. It certainly feels urgently necessary right now. It does. But before we talk about it, you know how it goes. We have to put you through the lightning round. Oh my God, I forgot about this. <laughs> Shit. Pop quiz. What's been making you happy this week? Um, remembering the sledding I did this last weekend. You went sledding? I well, you know, I should I should clarify. I watched my kid go sledding because I don't sled anymore. Um, because I got in a skiing accident when I was younger, and so like I don't do fast things on the snow. That's fair. <laughs> but I, but I did. We got like two really cute sleds, and we went to like a big hill when it snowed upstate in Woodstock, and. <sighs> Layla like sped down and it was the happiest I've seen her in a really long time and it was like a very like pure cool moment that was entirely not online which also felt really nice I have to say look I know that Instagram is not real life and that life is complicated but like that kid seems to be having a great childhood she does and I like to remind her of that as much as possible <laughs> <laughs> like listen anytime anything comes up I'm like you are so lucky like you're having such a nice summer life winter yes <laughs> everything is working out she's got like woodstock you. she's got the city yeah. life she's got cool friends Fun. she's got like a better fashion sense than i do <laughs> me too anyway what is the best sex advice you ever received i think i think expecting reciprocation 
was some of the best advice I've ever seen. Where did you learn that? Who told you to expect reciprocation? You know, it's really funny. It, it came from like a like a friend, like a like actually a younger peer in high school. Like I remember having this conversation with her, you know, about my high school boyfriend, and it was just like she had it built in that like reciprocation was just a, a given and it was not something that I had it was something I had considered, but not something that I expected. Right. Um, and so it was, it was like a nice little transformative teenage moment. That's amazing. I'm so glad you got it early. I know. Same. Though it was like totally hilarious. I remember not hilarious, actually quite terrible. A college boyfriend um, being like really, upset enough about that expectation that he like brought it up in a drinking game like it was um what was it called it was like what's the boston word for cool he was from boston wicked wicked yes thank you it was like wicked or not wicked like and you like would say something and like drink or whatever and like his like not wicked was like oh like you expect to you know get off every (gasps) have sex I was like, huh, like no one had ever just like flat out said like, that's really stupid. Um, but yeah, I am going to like give you a pedantic Boston grammar lesson right now because I can't stop myself. That's fine. It Wicked actually means extremely oh, like, like, wicked cool. Like, yes. Wicked, right, right, right. Sorry to be a Boston pedant. It's all good. I would do the same with New York. Believe me. Yeah. All right. So what? <laughs> Brace yourself for this one. What has been making you maddest or saddest about the sexual culture lately? (laughs) (laughs) I made up this question long before the Trump administration. Um, I mean, I think that I actually think that the Trump administration is the answer. Um, No, I I, I mean, there's so much to choose from. How do you choose just one? (laughs) I do think almost every day about how the fact about the fact that the president is a rapist and like that we're not talking about it every single day. The president is a rapist who now has like a legal team made up almost yeah. entirely of sexual predators. Like, yeah, it's just like, and they're it's like a buffet. Yeah. It's a fucking cornucopia of rapists. And I, it's, I just find it really depressing that despite all of this cultural progress we've made and, and progress we've made around like the conversation around sexual assault and rape and, and me too. And all of these things, that like this is just sort of a given like like the president's a rapist like what's next it's it's so distressing to me yes all right what's a myth about sex that you used to believe but don't believe anymore i that's really hard i don't know oh <laughs> actually this is like super embarrassing though yes uh, that's what i live so for when i was younger like i knew that people had sex that, that like some of sex was like penis and vagina right but i didn't know that like penises when erect pointed up i thought they pointed down and so i thought oh. that the way that people had sex was sort of like a scissoring situation you know that would make so much sense because when a penis is just hanging there it's pointing right, down exactly. like why would you exactly. know it would change direction while it, it's erect right. yeah right and so, like, I <laughs> I really thought that it was just, like, oh, like, that seems, like, really weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it took me a little while. I think it, you know, I was probably, like, in junior high or something, and I saw, like, some book or some movie, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's that's how it's done. That's but, amazing. Yeah. No one has ever had that one before, so. 
I'm, I'm so proud. I've been doing this show long enough that like when someone has a brand new one, like a truly new one, I'm delighted. Amazing. That's amazing. Yes. All right. Last lightning round question. Who's yeah. someone that you want to give a shout out to who's doing brave work to unscrew the sexual culture? Oh my gosh. I mean, can I, can we name people in the book? Is that too like on point? Yeah, you can name people in the book. The only rule is you can't name me, but whatever you're over me. So I think, I mean, I almost think everyone in the book, but like, I'm really excited to see Moira when we do our books or magic event. I think like the, the stuff that she is doing is so amazing. Say her um, whole name for people who don't know. What's that? Moira Donegan. Yeah. Moira, Moira Donegan. Donegan, creator of the shitty media men list. I mean, what a fucking badass. Uh, I'm And I'm also super excited. Like, the fact that Soraya Nadia McDonald, um, who I love and like who I'm so obsessed with and I've been obsessed with her writing forever um, is in the book and out there doing doing this amazing work. Like it all just, you know, it just like gives me some hope <laughs> Like when I'm thinking about how terrible things are every day. Like the fact that there are people like this who yes. are contributing so much and like giving so much of themselves too, right? Like, and like you and I know this, but like, to do this work, it's not just like you're writing something down on a page or doing a nine to five job. Like it's, you're really like giving a piece of yourself in this major way and putting, and putting up with a lot of bullshit to do it. And so it's pretty amazing to like share space written or real life with any of those people. Yes. You survived the lightning round, even though you had no preparation because, <laughs> because you have amnesia. <laughs> it's not my fault. You've been on the show a bunch of times. It's true. I should know by now. So let's talk about our book, baby. Let's do it. We have two babies now, Jessica. I know. Full family. I know. Like we have that. a little nuclear family of books. It's very impressive. Yes. So let's talk about how the Believe Me concept came to be. I mean, you and I started talking about yeah. the fact that Yes Means Yes was going to be 10 and yeah. the publisher was like, do you want to add a couple essays for a re-release? And I think right. it was you who said, like, let's do a whole new fucking book. Like, Was it? Oh, good. That makes me feel smart. Um, <laughs> I, you know, Yes Means Yes was so incredible. And it, and it did so much. And it did so much more than we were expecting or maybe even could have hoped. That, like, of course, we had to do something for the 10-year anniversary. And, like, we had talked about, you know, I think even before like really me too ha happened, we had talked about, do we do a second edition? Do we, you know, like, yeah. how do we, like, what do we do? But then when we started really talking about it, it just became so clear that of course we need a new book, right? Like the conversation has shifted and grown and progressed. And I think we also wanted to replicate the feeling that we had with yes means yes of, of putting something out into the world that really, shaped the conversation right and like brought new ideas to the forefront and that wasn't just about joining in the conversation that was already happening though we are doing that too but about like really contributing like a new big idea yeah and also uplifting some of the big ideas mm. that are sort of like bubbling mm -hmm. in different corners of like feminist social media that like exactly when you put them all together in a book in conversation with each other it brings them into the culture in a different way which i feel like is part of what happened with yes means yes also like a lot of the ideas in yes means yes were already being 
explored and expounded on and percolated in you know the comments threads on feministing and other places mm-hmm. um but it wasn't no, but they needed to live forever yes they needed to, exactly like, be published and not be ephemeral and like live forever and it's you know it's i feel like it's a a little bit different now and that like people there's so many more people like who are part of that online conversation now but everything moves so fast right yeah. especially with social media that things don't live for a long time online in the way that they do in books in the way that they should when when you are shaping a conversation about something so important and and so there was just so much bad faith discourse both at Ugh. the time when we were talking about what to do our new book on and like an organizing principle and also now yeah. we should say there's so yeah. much bad faith discourse about the idea of believing survivors and believing yes. women which are yes. overlapping but not identical ideas um right. and that we just wanted to be like definitively here is what we fucking mean you assholes yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's totally right. And like this is part of what I, I wrote about in, yeah, in this my is essay, essay was like yeah. this was this was this you know mischaracterization of what believe women meant and this sort of deliberate tinkering with that idea and phrase to be believe all women, like always believe women, believe every single you know, like every single really, word any woman ever says. Right. Yeah. Like they really like bad faith actors on both the left and right, like really, really honed in on that phrase and took it and twisted it and used it to mean, see, Me Too is an overcorrection. These conversations have gone too far. What they're saying is believe women in contrary to all evidence, um, which of course was not the conversation, which of course was not the, the call to action or the ideology or the, you know, or the idea. Um, but it was very smart of them because it was a great way to discredit the amazing conversations and and work that was being done and to discredit the experiences that so many people were were talking about and so i was really glad that we decided to grab onto that and say like no absolutely not like you don't get to take that you don't get to to twist that that is central that is the radical idea of change and we are going to hold on to it we are going to explain what it means well and the reason that they remain so determined not to engage with it in a good faith way is because it is a transformative idea which is is what the book is about and and i say is and not was because literally every time i post about the book now i'm still getting people in my mentions being like believe me my ex-wife said blah 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 like i swear like i'm sure you the same way like i i think that we're in for it probably for the rest of our lives now but um you know what it, it really does go to show, as you said, like how powerful it is, because the same exact thing happened with yes means yes. Right. It's this true. Like, it's like when people were like, no, it's the presence of a yes, not the absence of, you know, of a no. People were like, oh, what do you mean? That's that is goes too far. And how are we ever going to do that? And that's, a, you know, a totally bananas idea. No one's ever going to do that. And that's going to ruin sex. And that kills romance. And, you know, every possible thing you could imagine got thrown at that and i do see like the same exact thing happening here where it's like oh that is like so radical and i hope i hope that you know in five or ten years we'll be having you know another conversation on your podcast about how that is is changed yeah 
Yeah, and how that, that the ideas in this anthology have been metabolized throughout the culture um, and are just not challenged. I mean, you can still find dipshits who want to argue about yes means right. yes with you, but it's not... It's much harder. No, it's much it's harder. Much harder. And, and I literally, I saw a friend of mine posting about a class she's taking on, like, theories of consent. And I was like, wow. that, that class didn't exist 10 years ago when we published Yes Means Yes. Exactly. That class exists because we published Yes Means Yes. Yes, exactly. Like the, it's so exciting. It's, yeah. I mean, it's such like a great, and, and and again, like that's what gives me hope is like that people do want to talk about this and, and think about this. And every time like I get one of those comments and I get the same comments, I'm just like, wow, that like what ter- what terrifies you? about that exactly idea. like what is it that makes you so afraid of the idea of believing women so can we talk a little both about what we mean by believing women and then about the essays that came in and like shifted yeah. our own thinking but first i want to yeah. make sure that we talk explicitly we've been sort of talking around it but like when we say believe me mm. we mean that we need to live in a culture, we demand a culture where women are treated as inherently credible and important. Yeah. And I think both of those words are, are crucial. Like you can't just say credible mm-hmm. because there's a number mm-hmm. of essays, I think, who in the in Believe Me that that point out beautifully that there are lots of instances you can find where women are accepted as credible and then ignored right christine blasey ford being you know top of mind and and i should say for folks who are listening like you're gonna read a lot about her because a lot of our contributors were writing their essays during the kavanaugh hearings um so it was bless them for doing that like can you imagine oh my god like the the stress of writing about these issues like while this this it was wild because we obviously worked on this concept for like yeah. a year before the Kavanaugh hearings we were working on or more than that. But, yeah. but it happened to be what happened while the essays were assigned, but not due yet was like this whole right. believe me conversation. And one of the things that happened that, you know, Dahlia Lithwick talks about most explicitly, but also Catherine Cross talks about this in different ways is it was an example of watching women be believed, mm-hmm. but not treated as impo- important. Right, like right. it's believed and then brushed aside. Right. And so believe me for us means women are approached as de facto credible and right. important until right. proven otherwise. Like obviously some people are not credible and some sure. people we want to tell to go fuck themselves, right? Like but yeah. but that the the starting point is women are credible and important. Yeah. And I think for me also there is this optimism that goes along with the idea of believe me like this idea that things can actually change right like as you said there is this yes we we believe christine blasey ford and we believe that you are sexually harassed or but you know what this is just how things are this is just the way that men are right like there there is still this undercurrent where we're just expected to live with it that this is just how the world is, or this is just the way that the country is. And I feel like for me, believing women means not just like hearing those stories and finding them credible and finding them important, but like thinking about them as a roadmap to move forward and to actually do something about it. Right. Like it's not just, 
and like we had so many conversations about this you know this is not like a passive idea this is an active idea that requires action and one of the hardest things working with our contributors was asking them in every essay to not only talk about where where are we being harmed by the disbelief Mm. of women but also what like envision a world where things are better (laughs) and and each one of them to their credit does although i remember i think it was soraya shamali i don't think she'll Mm. mind me telling this story was like i don't i'm not sure i believe we can get to this better place and i was like humor me it doesn't doesn't require you believing we can get there i just want you to describe what it would look like because i think it's so important as a movement i think this is one of the things we did well almost instinctively and yes means yes and i wanted to do deliberately in believe me that we not only be articulating visions of like here's where the injustice is but also articulating visions of what the just world looks like so that we know what working yes. toward and not just against because everything is so fucking grim otherwise and right and so i find the book really energizing right and and, and that's why like, you have to be so proud of these contributors right like it's such a challenging <laughs> we pushed them really hard yeah we did yeah it's a really really challenging prompt like it's something i struggle with all the time and do this work. Uh, right. It's like Rebecca Solnit, Hope in the Dark, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Who's not in the book. I just mean the essay, her, her book, Hope in the Dark yeah. is amazing. But, um, uh, you know, and her, it's basically less a feeling of hopefulness, mm-hmm. but like a decision. Mm-hmm. Like if I yeah. decide that there's no hope, then I make it more likely that there's no hope because I don't take any action. Right. But if right. I decide that things, it's possible things could change then I might take action to make that more possible. Right. All right. So which essays, like when they came in and you read them, were you like, or like this changes the way my brain works or like, this is a totally (sighs) like, this introduces a new concept to me or like, holy shit. It's so hard. I I don't want to, I don't want to choose just one. I mean, I think Sassafras Lowry's, was challenging it was so and great. cool yeah 
was was great for me about uh, and the, the essay is called uh, it's can BDSM save us right can BDSM yes. save us I think that's the title yeah yeah I'm almost positive that's the title and just and I think they really took this idea of what could a future look like what could a world look like right where survivors are believed where queer people are believed where young people are believed and didn't just like imagine a future, but talked about their own experience with living in that sort of community. Yeah, which was amazing. It's sort of the only, one of the only reports from the front of like the future mm-hmm. we're trying to create mm-hmm. that are the other one that I can think of that's like that is um, Sarah Deer and Bonnie Claremont's yeah. gossip is an English wor- word, which is about how in native communities, there's no word for women telling each other information that has like this negative connotation the way gossip does, um, that it's actually a positive thing. And there's literally no word to connote what gossip does and how that, that changes what's possible in native communities. Um, right. And I, that, that one, when she pitched it to me, cause I reached out to Sarah cause I obsessed yeah. with her um, and uh, was like, will you write something for us? And she immediately was like, I've been run- wanting to write this with Bonnie for like a while and here's the concept. And I was like, perfect. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> you must write that for us. And it's so good. Yeah, you mentioned it already, but, you know, the other essay for me that just hit me in a, like, a very emotional place was Dahlia's, you know, was, you know, where she described being in the room during the Kavanaugh hearings and what that felt like and what it, you know, describing the the women around her and the other, you know, uh, female reporters and, I think she just, you know, not all of us were in, in that room, but we sort of felt like we were there um, watching. And there was this sort of national moment of like PTSD with a lot of women that I know um, around those hearings. And to have her describe it in that way and almost like validate it also, um, it was, it, it, I, I thought it was just like a, a wonderful essay. It's, it's oh. hard to call it like, you know, it was not a, like a joyful essay. It was, it was hard to read and it brought me back to that place, certainly. Um, but it's, it's so good and it's so smart. And it also like, it, it, it makes you remember that like when people are, you know, this, it's not just like activists who are, are feminists online or whoever or survivors um, who are impacted by this. It's everyone in the room right it's everyone there the thing i found energizing about that essay which i had goosebumps the entire yeah. time i was reading it um yeah. was that it had a real cleansing anger to it right like yeah. it didn't yeah. have like a happy ending obviously but it uh-huh. it has like a real cleansing rage like it was that's a very clear rage mm-hmm. in it that like mm-hmm. i found really validating well right and it's the clarity yeah right like there 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 was a clarity in her essay and of, of describing what was happening and like putting a name to it and like, like let's not like be wishy-washy about like what happened and what happened in that room and, and how it made us feel. Yes. Um, also, it, it's necessary. Yeah. It's so necessary. I am kind of obsessed with Jameel Smith's essay mm. and the type, like the, the, the amount he managed to like weave together and his essay is about, 
being a black man and grappling with this, this sort of racist history of America as well as his lived presence as a black man in America and the ways that black women are pressured to not report black men yeah. for sexual violence mm-hmm. because of American racism and right. not wanting to sort of quote unquote throw their men under the bus or you know put them in the system or you know all of that stuff and yeah. it is for one he's like a, a maestro of writing like yeah his writing's incredible we were so lucky to get him he's a columnist for Rolling Stone if folks are not familiar but it's so powerful and it's so complicated and it's so honest like it's yeah it's really raw in parts and I was just so grateful for it it's it's I don't know if this is condescending to say, but I found it like a really brave piece. Well, I don't think that's condescending. I think that's accurate. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's, it's, we have to have those difficult conversations about the way that these issues are not just interwoven, you know, outside of us, but in our communities. And it, you know what I mean? And it reminded me of like Sadie Doyle's essay Ugh. about misogyny and, and, and sexism and online harassment and harassment in general on the left. Which reminds um, me that I was going to ask you to talk about how these issues are all playing out right now this minute. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm trying very hard. <laughs> you know, it's... Do you want to talk about like... Warren, is that what you're... Yeah, of course I want to talk about Warren. <sighs> yeah. I mean, also we can talk about Harvey Weinstein or any number of other things. All of it. Yeah, um, so the... Yeah, the, the... So the Warren stuff is really hard. I've been, like, trying to save myself... Again, getting back to Sadie's piece, any bout, like, really bad bout of online harassment by, like, really steering clear of, of the Sanders-Warren stuff, you know, specifically around the whole thing where she said, no, nope, he's... You know, we had this dinner and he said... Um, that a woman couldn't be Trump, and I just want to definitely like, said that to yeah. her. And I just and I and I I word it in that way because I want to be specific because so many people are like, look, like here's Bernie in 1986 saying that girls can be president, and it's like no one ever said that he that he said women can never be president. Obviously, the conversation, which is a which is a point that a lot of people on the left have made, by the way, is this idea that a woman can't win against Trump in 2020 that is the conversation i have personally worried to friends that i'm not i don't know right like it's not stopping me from backing warren let me be crystal clear about that but like we're also lying if we don't think it's not it's like not a a drag right sexism is is gonna cost her some points Oh, and like this, like, you know, putting snakes, all of these like snakes in her mentions. Well, and, and it's immediately like, yeah, assuming that she's that. lying and that the Warren right. camp planted the story, which turned out to be clearly not true. Right. Because she knows that when women talk about sexism, they're seen as whiners and they're seen as untruthful. And so, like, it did not surprise me at all that, of course, she didn't put it out there. But also, you know, and like, no one talked about this anytime Warren has talked about experiencing sexism in her life and by the way she like there wasn't even a conversation where she's like bernie's a sexist right it was just like a recounting of this particular one thing that he said um whenever she's talked about sexism when she talked about um pregnancy discrimination when she talked about sexual harassment there was this backlash from the left saying 
oh no, but that's that's not true. Look at these school board meetings where it says that she oh my uh, god yes not, you know where she says that she resigned. Oh wow, really? The official record says something different than a woman. Well, that must be true. <laughs> well, and meanwhile, now like that bernie's throwing his arm around joe rogan we're all being like too sensitive about joe rogan's like transphobia misogyny and racism like we we don't get taken seriously coming or going right no it's exhausting and it just feels like such a rehash of everything that happened and like again it's just like (sighs) yeah so distressing and you know andrew uh my husband because i was complaining like complaining about this to him and just feeling so despondent um he's like he's trying to remind me he's like twitter's not real life this is like you know um a small neighborhood where this is happening and this is not the conversation that a lot of people are are having or believe um and i would like to think that but i don't know that i buy it entirely i mean i think twitter's not real life in terms of demographics right there's very specific demographics of twitter that don't mirror the country but i don't know that that means the country's demographics are better Right, and I don't, and I still think, <laughs> right, but, but and I still think that like even just because this is a conversation that we're seeing play out on Twitter and not necessarily like at large in the world doesn't mean that people when they see like oh Elizabeth Warren said oh well she must be lying right like we know that that yes idea or that like default position that a woman is untrustworthy is not is not just relegated to Twitter no it not is at all. in the broader world. Although I will tell you that I was canvassing for Warren in New Hampshire last weekend Mm -hmm. and the electability question came up. Yeah. um, But people were really more open to like, I don't know. There's a lot. We were just knocking on doors. People were pretty enthusiastic. I'm glad. I'm still hopeful. Um, Obviously, I will enthusiastically support whoever the candidate is and i will work as hard you know in my life as for for anyone but like it's i i think it's gonna be hard i mean yeah i think i would say i will energetically support whoever the nominee sure, that's is. a better way to put it that's but i don't know depending on the nominee if i will feel enthusiastic <laughs> sure um that is fair politics electoral politics aside for one moment let's end by talking about some of the essays that made us actually feel hopeful since that's what we want people to also take away from the book. Ooh. Ooh. Like I loved Sabrina Hersius's essay on survivorship as leadership, especially Mm -hmm. in conversation with Ayanna Presley's essay. I was just going to say Ayanna Presley. Yeah. I mean, the two of them together, I don't think that they're near each other in the book, but they really are kind of a pair. Um, and the idea of like survivors taking political power um, yeah. makes me feel like all kinds of like fist in the air. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say, and I like, because I want it on the record that I do think Ayanna Presley is going to be president one day. <gasps> I want it. I just like want it out there. I remember the first time were we together. Were you with me at this Emily's list event? Or was no. I with someone else? I was at some Emily's list event. Um, few years ago and i i think i was with tracer and someone else and and we saw her speak and i was like oh shit like she's gonna be president like it was just such a ridiculous i mean i've been around here for a while i've had to follow her as a speaker a couple of times because when she was a city council member no joke um which is (laughs) 
I'm a great speaker and I'm usually very confident. But the two times that's happened to me, I've been like, are you kidding me? Like, you want me to what? Um, she, I've always so been just like obsessed with her. She's <laughs> amazing. She's, amazing. She's just good. And she is the realist. Like, yeah, she, she is the same way. She is on TV with every person in her community. Like, it is down to her toes, super real. And you can tell. Yeah. It just comes across. I just love yeah. her so much. And I love her essay. And I love it especially paired with Sabrina's, which is sort of yeah. like the macro-micro, right? Her, she's yeah. talking about her own experience taking a place at the table of power. Um, yeah. And I also... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you go. I was just going to say, like, and this is, like, on a different... Um, level but like sam irby's essay um about the way that women and, and black women are, are disbelieved in medical contexts gives me hope not because it's a de it's a depressing idea but sam irby's writing in general is so amazing and funny and <sighs> just interesting it makes me it gives me hope that people can write about issues like this and still write about them in a way that like makes me feel light at the end of we them. can find joy even in talking about yeah. it and yeah. the other one that i There's really want to that. mention is tani ikeda's essay who's the mm. founder of survivor love letter and yeah. is basically takes the form of a series of survivor love letters and is about the potential of transformative justice and the potential of healing um, and is about sort of love as resistance. And it just feels like when every time I read that essay, I had a chance to reread it recently ago because we were pulling quotes for the graphics. And um, and I sort of, you know, a lot of them I was skimming for like the pull quote. Yeah. But I just wound up rereading her essay. <laughs> and um, it just, I feel... She accomplishes something with her prose where... I was just going to say, it's like a song. It's like reading a song, you know, like... I feel like I'm being held in community inside that essay, right? Like, mm. I just... And maybe it's because I know her a little, but I just feel sure. connected to so many other survivors and through the power we all have. Yeah. Um, and and in a, in a, like, loving and lush kind of way. In, like, a place that's full, yeah. that's fertile um, yeah. in that essay. And it, it makes me feel grounded and ready and i just love it so much it's amazing we're I, lucky we have a lot I of I mean, our contributors and I'm, I'm not just saying this but like this, it's a really good book and it's always easy to say that when it's an when anthology, it's an anthology. yes exactly because you don't feel like too too much of like a self-congratulatory asshole but it's a really good book because these are really fucking terrific I mean, the people we didn't mention are equally as good. Like, I'm like, I can't yeah. believe all the people whose essays are phenomenal that we haven't even name checked. Um, no, every single one, like, belongs there and is and is doing something. Oh, they're so good. I'm so proud and grateful that they trusted us to Same. bring their voices out into the world. And I'm just so Absolutely. grateful. And if any of them are listening, we love you so much. So much. And we're so, so, so grateful. Um, and, uh... We can't wait to get your voices out into the world starting today. Woo! Yes. Um, Jessica, where can people find you and follow you and possibly see you talking about, believe me, how trusting women can, they can say, change the world? They can, Available they can now at fine booksellers everywhere. Everywhere. Um, I am always on Instagram and Twitter, unfortunately, just my full name. And we will be at Books or Magic in 
Brooklyn this week on the 31st. That's correct. I will be, Jessica can't make it. I'll be at the Pleasure Chest on the Upper East Side in New York the night beforehand. That's with Dahlia Lithwick and Honorata Bhagwati, whose essay is also fucking amazing. And uh, Tina Horn. Holy shit, Tina Horn's essay. Uh, And then at Books Are Magic, we have Moyer Donegan and Matt Lubchansky, whose whose essay is actually a comic. Cartoon, a comic, yeah. and the amazing Soraya, not Nadia McDonald, we talked about a little. Um, and that's just this week. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll, so the whole schedule, the whole tour schedule is at JacquelineFriedman.com slash events. And Jessica will be at the Books Are Magic one and also at the San Francisco one at the Commonwealth Club. But I'm yes. going to be touring around this great country of ours, this whatever country of ours. <laughs> uh uh, in a number of cities with a number of our amazing contributors in various configurations uh, over the next few months. And I would love to see you all there. Also, I don't know how many of you have seen the Believe Me cover, but it features a protest button that says Believe Me. And those buttons are real now. And I will ha- we will both have them to hand out at live events if you want to get They're your hands on great. one. They're really, really great. Unscrewed is produced by yours truly, Jacqueline Friedman, and edited by the fantabulous Natalia Rodriguez. Our in and out music is by the Pink Tiles, and our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna. I hope you fucking love the book. I want to hear from you on every channel. Oh, I forgot to say, you can find me on all my socials. You probably know that by now if you listen to this show. <laughs> At Jacqueline F on Twitter, J A C L Y N F at Jacqueline Effable on Instagram, JacquelineFriedman.com for all my shit. And until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. And happy reading! Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.